Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. It is a new week. We continue with our series, Battles Frontline. I don't know if you have ever been in the same rough patch in life for so long that you can't remember the last time you felt peaceful. You can remember the last time you smiled. You go through struggle after struggle until you start asking yourself, Will there ever be peace? Is this ever going to end? You know, sometimes we are in constant struggles, constant fierce battles that seems to have no visible end. And in situations like that, it is easy to feel like you should just let go. It is easy to let your guard down. Battles like these are bound to be exhausting, but a good soldier knows that until the enemy is totally defeated, there cannot be peace, that without perseverance, battles can only end with defeat. So far, we've seen such battles in the land of Canaan. Over the last few days, it started with Jericho, we went to Ai, then the battles against the five kings who had formed an alliance to attack Gibeon. Anyone would have expected that after all this, the remaining kings would see how futile it would have been to wage war against Israelites, given the strengths of victory they have been having. But it wasn't over yet for the Israelites. The kings to the north of the region now occupied, formed, a confederation like the ones of the south and are planning an attack and that's what we are going to see today so we are in Joshua chapter 11 and it's a long read but it's interesting the Bible says that when King Jabin of Hezah heard what had happened he sent messengers to the following kings King Jobab of Madon the king of Shimron the king of Akshab all the kings of the northern hill country, the kings in the valley or uh, Jordan Valley, south of Galilee, the kings in the Galilean foothills, the kings of Napoa Dol of the west, the kings of Canaan, both east and west, the kings of Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites in the hill country, and the Hivites in the towns of the slopes of Mount Hamon in the land of Mizpah. All these kings came out to fight. Their combined armies formed a vast horde, and with all their horses and chariots, they covered the landscape like the sun on the seashore. The kings joined forces and established their camp around the water near Merom to fight against Israel. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. By this time tomorrow, I will hand all of them over to Israel as dead men. Then you must cripple their horses and burn their chariots. So Joshua and all his fighting men traveled to the waters near Merom and attacked suddenly. And the Lord gave them victory over their enemies. The Israelites chased them as far as greater Sidon and Misrepoth Main and eastward into the valley of Mizpah until not one enemy warrior was left alive. Then Joshua crippled the horses and burned all the chariots as the Lord had instructed. Joshua then turned back and captured Hazor and killed its king. 
Hazar had at one time been the capital of these kingdoms. The Israelites completely destroyed every living thing in the city, leaving no survivors. Not a single person was spared, and Joshua burned the city. Joshua slaughtered all the other kings and their people, completely destroying them as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded. But the Israelites did not burn any of the towns built on mold except Hazor, which Joshua burned. And the Israelites took the plunder and livestock of the ravaged towns for themselves, but they killed all the people living, no survivors, as the Lord had commanded his servant Moses. So Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua did as, the, as he was told, carefully obeying all the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. So Joshua conquered the entire region, the hill country, the entire Negev, the whole area around the town of Goshen, the western foothill, the Jordan Valley, the mountain of Israel, and the Galilean foothills. The Israelite territory now extended all the way from Mount Halak, which leads up to Seir in the south, as far as Balgad at the foot of Mount Hamon in the valley of Lebanon. Joshua killed all the kings of those territories, waging war for a long time to accomplish this. No one in this region made peace with the Israelites except the Hevites of Gibeon. All the others were defeated, for the Lord hardened their hearts and caused them to fight the Israelites. So they were completely destroyed without mercy, as the Lord had commanded Moses. During this period, Joshua destroyed all the descendants of Anak who lived in the hill country of Hebron, Debia, Anab, and the entire hill country of Judah and Israel. He killed them all and completely destroyed their towns. None of the descendants of Anak were left in the land of Israel, though some still remained in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod. So Joshua took control of the entire land, just as the Lord had instructed Moses. He gave it to the people of Israel as their special possession, dividing the land among the tribes so the land finally had rest from war. The land finally had rest from war. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure you didn't miss that part where it says that he fought for a long time. Yeah, those prolonged battle. And you know, uh, the thing about victory is that it somehow puts a target on your back. I don't know whether you've thought about it when you, 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 you keep winning. You become an object of envy for everyone who wants to be where you are. Uh, it, it just happens that people plot against you. People who have never worked together before join hands to bring you down. And this is like what is happening here. After hearing of the Israelite conquest of the south, the northern kings joined hands against them. They assembled their armies into one. And to be honest, the Israelites' army was no match for this combined army. They had defeated kingdoms before. They had taken over cities before, as we have read. But this was nothing like they had faced. The word of God says that these people, <laughs> they were as the sad that is on the seashore. I'm trying not to mess up, you know, seashore is used for a tongue twister, yeah? In multitude. This was a superior army in both size and technology. They had the numbers, 
They had the advantage of chariots and horses. This was a new level of challenge, a new level in battle. And I tend to think that this is exactly what happens to us in life. You face one challenge and another one comes. And another challenge that is a little tougher follows that. Our strength, our experience, our faith is challenged at every step. We are sharpened with new challenges at every level until we are ready for the next stage. You know, even in what is called professional wrestling, yeah, not that I know so much about wrestling. I used to watch WWE, uh, whatever. Yeah, wrestling. <laughs> there are levels wrestlers pass through before they become title holders. There are jobbers who are the lowest in rank. Then there are mid cards, upper mid cards. Then above this are the main eventers, and above them are those that are at the specialty level. This is the highest tier. Those have proven themselves. The guys who take precedence over everyone. And it's no different even for us as believers. You know why I used wrestling? Because the Bible says that for we do not wrestle. I like that analogy. Yeah. So we often find that our challenges keep increasing with each step. And there is a calm that we can never know until the storm has completely ended. And so we find that God uses the challenge at every level as a springboard for the next level to prepare us for what we must face in the future. But even when we are standing before what we could have, what could seem like a definite end, I like the approach that God is giving all through the battles that we have read there is something that is, there is a theme that is coming up. God gives them instruction at the beginning of the war. And there is a consistency in God's approach. He starts his instruction for the war the same way. He says, do not be afraid. I will deliver them into your hands. You know, this was a this attack was different. It was more severe than the previous one. And they had every reason to be afraid. But I, God doesn't say it differently. He's like, yeah, don't be afraid. I will deliver them. The same words. The same words he said when they were going to I now after the here they go reconciled. It's like, don't be afraid. The same words. We see God starting this conversation with Joshua the same way before when he's about to go to battle. And there is a reason for this. There is a reason for the constant encouragement because fear seemed to have been an issue with Joshua and the Israelites. And so after this reassurance that the Lord was with them, Joshua descended on the enemy suddenly. I'm sure you didn't miss that word, suddenly, yeah? He attacked them and did what the Lord said to him. He attacked them until none was left alive. He fought them with boldness. He fought them with strategy. He fought them with passion, with commitment. He did not let up until victory was accomplished. He did that. And I'm sure that in every struggle, 
the same way that God is assuring Joshua that he's with you, it's important for us to know that he's with us. Amen. I had to put that in there. Yeah, because it's it's amazing. It's just amazing. And then there's something else that I I I just thought about it and I'm like, why did God say <laughs> cripple their horses? Abandon the chariots. Yeah. There's a reason why the Lord told them to cripple their horses and burn their chariots. Because logically speaking or humanly speaking, they could have taken the enemy's weapon and used them against them. And this would have given them an advantage. Yeah. But the Lord wanted them to rely on him, to rely on his promise that Israel would indeed be theirs. Canaan is their land. He wanted them to have victory that they, that they would not associate with their wits and craftiness. Yes, this was war. And sometimes you have to use every weapon at your disposal, like we said the other day. But this wasn't a war like the rest. This was a war on a different level than the others they had engaged in. And it had to be fought on its level, a level that is called for absolute trust, absolute reliance on the Lord. This might sound far-fetched, but it's something we face every day as believers. The words written in the Word of God are there for a reason. And sometimes we justify taking the devil's tools, let me call them that, and using them for our advantage. Someone lies about you, and you lie to get yourself out of it. You're in charge of accounts in your company and you realize you have deficits you cannot explain and you know you're not responsible for it, but you decide to scheme to balance them. Someone spreads rumors about you and you decide to do the same. And our excuse is always the same. They came to me first. They started. They did the same to me. I didn't have a choice. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. But we need to trust the Lord's process. We need to realize that such situations requires us to trust the Lord to deliver us. We need to realize that some situations are different levels of warfare from what we are used to. And we need to fight on that different level. The level that calls for absolute obedience to the Lord and absolute trust in Him. And then there's something else we find in this text. I don't know if you remember where the Israelites had first met the descendants of Anak, who they, who, who they destroyed in, in this text. These were the people, the spies that Moses had sent, met, and Joshua was among those spies. They made them feel like grasshoppers, as it is written in Numbers 13, 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so were we in their sight. This is the reason they were afraid to go into battle in the first place. They knew they had not faced anything like them before. But the word of God says none of the Anakim were left in the land of the children of Israel. We say that battles are fought in, in stages. And the Lord uses one level as a springboard to the next level. They faced the giants of Anak at last. 
the Lord had trained them in battle. He had sharpened them in battle. He had prepared them for this moment. He had worked with them through months of conquest. He had managed their battle. He had ordained events such that their most difficult challenge would come last. You know, sometimes we rush into battle without involving the Lord. We skip stages and rush into battles that the Lord would rather have us fight last. But the Bible says because Israel was obedient, because they followed the Lord's battle plan, they took the whole land and the land finally had rest from war. How I pray that we may let the Lord take control of our battles, that we may let the Lord manage our battles, that we may trust his process to the end because he's such a faithful God. How I pray that we do not rush through the stages, that we do not slumber after a few fights. How I pray that we may let the Lord prepare us for the battles that lie ahead because only he knows the strength of our enemies. The Lord says, do not be afraid for I shall deliver you. The battle may be more severe than anything you have experienced before. And yes, it may seem like this is too much for you. It may seem like the odds are against you. Yes, your fear might be justified, but do not let up until victory is accomplished. Do not let up until you have had rest from war. This is a war you are in. This is a war you might not have gone through your whole life. But let the Lord manage it. Let the Lord take you to victory in Jesus' name. Shalom. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. And this is Battles Frontline, day 11. Thank you for your continued support and encouragement to the making of the Daily Insights. Reaching an average of 60 people a day with over 10,000 total plays. I invite you to partner with us by supporting this podcast through monthly or one-time donation. Your contribution will be used to sustain the episode subscription and hosting platform. My goal is to inspire and share insightful messages in our generation, empowering one person at a time each day to continue serving the purposes of God in our generation. Your support is highly appreciated. Click that support button now and give your support. You can support with $1, $5, or as much as you are able to give blessings.